in school we learn uh, you know, in, um, mathematics, uh, science, etc. all in English language. But the funny thing is that uh, we have a mother tongue uh, language lesson as well. So if I'm a Chinese, I'll learn Mandarin uh, in one of the lessons. And if I'm a Malay person, I'll, le I'll learn Malay language. If I'm Indian, I'll learn Tamil. So uh, when we have a mother tongue language period, different races will go to different classes to learn their mother tongue language and then after that they'll come back to uh, together to learn science in English or math in English. There's not many places on earth that could compare with Singapore. A small nation, independent for less than a century, a booming economy, incredible sights, foods and one heck of a mixture of people. And you know what that means? Quite a mixture of languages too. Welcome back to Language Stories, a podcast and video series discovering languages around the world and meeting the people who speak them. It's season two. We've flown halfway across the world from the Americas, and now for this season, we're exploring Southeast Asia. I'm Lindsay Williams from Lindsay Does Languages, a language-obsessed chica on the constant exploration of language no matter where I am in the world. And this episode, welcome to Singapore. When we filmed for this episode of Language Stories, it wasn't my first time visiting Singapore, but it was my first time looking at the country from a language perspective. That's not to say I've not oohed and aahed at the quadrilingual signs across the city on past visits, but I'd never really had the chance to delve a bit deeper into what makes Singapore Singapore, linguistically speaking. We started by attending a language meetup which was held, just like all of our interviews for this episode, in a food court. Food matters in Singapore. Singapore is a multiracial nation with four key distinctions often highlighted, Chinese, Indian, Malay, and the somewhat lazy term other, which includes Eurasian, something we'll discuss later in this series. There are four official languages loosely representing each ethnic group, Mandarin, Chinese, Tamil, Malay and English, although of course not everyone in that fourth group speaks English as a mother tongue. Instead, English acts more as a lingua franca between everyone within the country. But these four groups barely scratch the surface of the variety within each of the four broad labels. As a country founded with distinct cultural groups and also languages, I was curious to learn more about the mother tongue language lessons. So we have it maybe like three, two, three times per week. And do most people learn that mother tongue language, whether it's man Mandarin Chinese, right? Mandarin Chinese, whether it's Malay, whether it's Tamil, is that mostly learned in the home as well? Uh, they, they, they speak maybe to their parents or siblings in mother tongue, but um, uh, most, it depends on the families. Okay. Yeah. So essentially, especially the modern generation, uh, I would say most Singaporeans are bilingual, English and their mother tongue language. Okay. And then what would you say, just as a rough estimate, what do you think then would be the percentage of people that are trilingual? Trilingual? Um, percentage? Oh, this is, uh, I don't know, maybe like... Don't worry, it doesn't have to be exact. Four, four, Forty-ish percent, I suppose. Okay, so yeah. quite a lot of people would be yeah. trilingual. But, because uh, Singapore is a multiracial country, and besides uh, our official English and Chinese, we also have our dialects of Chinese, for example, like Cantonese, 
uh, or Hokkien. And it's, uh, again, these dialects are uh, very debatable. Some people say, oh, it's just a dialect. Another person say, oh, no, it's a, it's a language itself. Like Cantonese, the people in Hong Kong, they use Cantonese. So it's a language itself. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it's debatable. But anyway, like for, for example, myself, I speak. Uh, Besides Chinese, I speak Hainanese. I'm a Hainanese. Do you know Hainanese chicken rice? Hainanese, this is Island, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I learned, uh, I know Hainanese because of Hainanese and uh, I know Cantonese and Hokkien. Yeah, I can speak them because uh, I, I, I watched those uh, TV shows when I was young. So I sort of picked up, and also lots of Singaporean Chinese, they speak such dialects as well. So I pick up from them as well. But of course I don't learn formally in schools. That's another thing we'll cover later in this series, the question of Chinese dialect versus language, because believe me, whew, it needs its own episode. Yeah. Yeah. And then uh, when you go to your uh, secondary school, you have a third option, whether to learn uh, French, or, uh, French or Japanese or Korean. At the language meetup, funnily enough, Japanese and Korean were pretty popular languages of choice. There are even some native Korean speakers who shared their thoughts on the meetup with me. Very uh, good uh, place to practice my uh, foreign language. So, yeah, uh, from the learning of foreign language and uh, from uh, meeting uh, different uh, country and different uh, races, uh, we can learn a lot of things and we can uh, understand their culture yeah. and uh, their uh, way of thinking, mm. uh, something like this. So I think it's, this, is the, this is a very good uh, chance for us to improve our uh, foreign language yeah. and to communicate uh, with the foreign, foreigners. So I'm very uh, glad uh, to get to know uh, this meetup. Uh, <laughs> yes, yeah, so good. Thank you. I also spoke with Jesse, in charge of running the Korean side of the meetup event. So you run the Korean meetup. That's right. You're in charge, yeah. Yes. Cool. So how did you? How did that happen? How did you get in, in charge uh, of the well, meetup? Well, I joined this group since the beginning of last year. Yeah, and since uh, December, they started Korean language meetup. And well, somehow I was just uh, appointed the organizer. Yeah. Right. Okay. I mean, I would love to organize something, and then I would love to help people learn languages, like the Korean language. Yeah, so that's why I gladly took up this role. Cool. Yeah. And so, what languages do you speak? Um, other than English and Mandarin, I speak Japanese and Korean. And how did you learn Japanese and Korean? Um, for Japanese, it was my third language. I picked it up since secondary school. And for Korean. Somehow, after I entered the workforce, I pick it up on my own. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yeah. So just what is it like to learn a language in Singapore? When you want to practice with someone, it's very difficult to find speakers from a language. Like, for example, I'm to learn German, but I do not have any German friends for me to practice. It's very difficult to, to speak, and especially in Singapore, it's, if you learn through the books, you are able to read, you are able to decipher the meanings. But when it comes to speaking, you suddenly slutter and you can't... Suddenly there's a blockage in your mind like, oh, how should I speak? Do I say Danke? Do I say Guten Tag? How do I speak? Now because in Singapore, you don't really get a chance. So for this meetup, it's a very good chance for me to actually apply what I've learned. And so it helps in my conversation skills and makes me more confident in speaking. So I think this meetup is actually a very a very good thing for me. It benefited me a lot. Not only you learn the language over here, you also get to meet friends. 
because learning language is about making friends. Oh, that's nice. do, do you think that the kind of multilingualism of Singapore, you know, seeing so many languages everywhere, like on the MRT, and, yeah. do you think that that has inspired you to learn more languages? Yes, because of that. It is because of that, that because of my curiosity. Because when I was in secondary school, I keep reading the word. There are, there are, there are different notes like danger, wasian, bahaya, abayam. I like, I'm so fascinated by the different language because growing up in uh, Singapore, we constantly hear many different languages. So the Indians will speak Tamil, the Malays will speak Malay, and the Chinese will speak Mandarin, and the Caucasians or, or, the, or the English people who live here, they speak English. So because of all of this influence, it makes me and inspire me to learn more languages, to learn more about other people's culture and traditions. Singaporeans and others living in the country at the meetup showed me that Singapore can be an inspiring place for language learning. But there's one language variety prominent in Singapore and proudly on display across a range of souvenirs that we haven't discussed yet. Singlish. Sounds like a made-up word. It's not. Well, I guess technically all words are made up. But I mean, I didn't just make it up right here, right now. So what is Singlish? We'll find out in just a moment. But first a word from our sponsor. Season two of Language Stories is sponsored by Lingora, the 100% free online language community where you can share your spoken and written language practice and get feedback totally free. Hop on to elingora.com and sign up. Next, submit an audio or written text in the language you're learning and then wait for feedback. Of course, as Lingora is community-based, it's nice if you can take a minute or two to give someone else some feedback in a language you know already while you're waiting. And soon enough, there'll be some feedback on your audio and text too. But there's more to Lingora. You've also got the option for free lessons, live chat and paid-for lessons with tutors. Basically, all bases are covered. This week, I got some feedback on my French from Nadia, who even took the time to send me some documents to help improve my pronunciation. Merci, Nadia. And thank you to Tilingora for sponsoring this season of Language Stories. Oh, wow, this is so cool. Can you explain a couple of these to me? Right. So in this Singlish uh, sticker series, right, this is one of the two designs I actually produced about 2015. So I call it the Singapore Lang Singlish Sticker Buffet because in this curated series, I have a few common Singlish catchphrases that I found friends using and maybe personally I use it quite a lot. Yeah, so for example, have you heard of maybe the food nasi lemak, right? Yeah. It's, like a, it's like a Singaporean dish yeah. with rice and ikan bilis, egg and sambal chili. Yeah. So actually, interestingly, I chose this phrase to explain to you because uh, my young nephew, he's in primary two, he taught me this phrase because in school, apparently, he uses it with his classmates. So, uh, alamat just means like, oh my goodness. And then, um, there's this phrase he taught me, alamat nasi lemak, is because it kind of rhymes. And I was very amazed with like an eight-year-old telling me uh, this is a phrase he commonly used. Right, so... Um, I like that. Yeah, okay. That's Zinki Or. She's explaining to me some of the Singlish expressions on a sticker pack she's just shared. If you're as obsessed with crazy rich Asians as I am, you might recognise the word alamak there. And if you love Malay and Singaporean food, you'd definitely be familiar with nasi lemak. Alamak, nasi lemak. Yeah, so um, what it just means like prosperous and doing good. 
right? So um, in broken English, Singlish form, there's this phrase, this time quite already. And it's also spelled in a strange already instead of A-L-R-E-A-D-Y. Yeah, it's like already. It's just how people pronounce it in Singapore, not knowing how to spell it properly. Yeah. Throughout our conversation and others for this episode, people referred to Singlish and Singaporean English as broken English. I just want to clarify my personal stance on this. Broken English is kind of a terrible description. It sounds like that English is inferior or there's something wrong with it, when in actual fact, it's just as valid and just as important in shaping the English or English is of the future. Here's some more Singlish expressions that Zinki shared with me. Is this last one, can I guess? Right. Chop chop curry pop. Does that mean like hurry up? Yes, how do you know that? <laughs> we say chop chop. Yeah. In, oh. in British English, we say chop chop. Oh, like, wow. Yeah. yeah, so maybe it became like a very shared common experience in, a, in terms of language yeah. yeah so curry pork again is just like because it rhymes with a Singaporean dish yeah it's like pork chop curry pork is like a food thing yeah so maybe it's akin to the alamat nasi lemak thing I told you food was important in Singapore yeah so yes it's like chop chop like maybe at work we will say hey can you chop chop I love finish it, it up. <laughs> it's like it's proven as well like with these how important yeah. food is <laughs> it's, it's similar to the yaya papaya okay yeah so yaya papaya it just means uh can you don't act smart right, so don't be a yaya papaya again it's like a originate from a strange yeah. it's just like don't it, it rhymes yeah. and visually it looks uh visually rhyming as well yeah, so I think you're right about the food thing. Yeah. And I happen to lay them out side by side. <laughs> but it's not just stickers. The stickers Zinki has been translating for me are just part of a much bigger project. Zinki is a photographer whose book, What the Singlish, a visual Singlish dictionary, caught my eye during research for this episode. I was keen to photograph Singapore language in a very visual way. Yeah, as we know, language as you are the expert, usually you hear it, you speak it, um, you don't really see it visually. Yeah. yeah. So I was just thinking, what would, uh, uh, could I transpose language to visuals, which is my first love in terms of I'm a full-time photographer. Yeah. Yeah. So I decided to gel like language and visuals together and see what came out. Yeah. So Singlish then, for people that know nothing, what's what is Singlish? How would you explain <laughs> it to someone not from Singapore? Right. So to someone who doesn't really know what is Singlish. I would say it's a language that is very endearing to the locals. We speak it on a day-to-day basis. It's a short form for many complicated words. And it's a way in which kind of a short code. Mm. Yeah. In the formal way, it's like a Creole, like they say. like right. it's a, uh-huh. But I would say it's like a short code that sometimes overseas, you hear people speaking Singlish you were instantly bond and you're like, oh, okay, are you Singaporean? Yeah, it's like an identity and yeah. So Singlish is actually made out of a different language mishmash. I'm not sure if you have eaten the Singlish food rojak. Ah, rojak. <laughs> it's like a mixed salad. Like Malaysian kind of influence. Ah, yes, yeah. correct. Yeah. So I would say Singlish language is a little like rojak okay. because it's like mixing a little of Malay, Mandarin, or even dialects which we mentioned and chatted about and the main um, the main padding or the main core of it is still English mm-hmm. however there are like misspellings which become correct in the end there are omissions of certain um, 
uh, joining structures. I'm not sure, like, um, like that also can. It's like very short form or in a form of Singlish. It's like, you mean you can do it like that? Would be the normal way. But in Singlish, we, we could just say like, like that also can. Rojak is a dish with many different forms in the region. In Indonesia, it tends to be a fruity, sweet and sour salad, but there's also savoury, meaty versions too. In Malaysia and Singapore, it's normally a savoury mix of egg and tofu and fritters and potato and peanut sauce, sometimes still with the fruit, an eclectic mix, which is probably why it's also a word used to refer to the multicultural landscape of the two countries. Singaporean identity is so uniquely carved by its unusual linguistic diversity. I wondered how it impacted other creatives, even perhaps unintentionally. I spoke with Eva Neo, founder of Eva Comics, to find out more. For me, I don't speak dialects, but my parents do. And uh, so I only speak Chinese and English. And because I went to a Jap- uh, learn Japanese at the language school, so I also speak Japanese. Eva has lived in both the USA and Japan besides her native Singapore. Her first comic was inspired by life in Japan as a Singaporean. In Eva's comics, copy, the Malay word for coffee, commonly used by all in Singapore, is the dog. Matcha, Japanese powdered green tea, is the cat. And Eva is the character living with them both. So basically, um, this is my first comic book. It's called Eva, Kopi and Matcha. It focuses on the cultural difference between uh, Singapore and Japan. Um, That was because I started this series when I was in Japan. So I had more ideas at that time uh, than when I um, studied and lived in the US. So Kopi, which um, I'm sure you know by now means coffee (laughs) in Malay. And Matcha means... uh, green tea, milk, uh, powdered green tea in Japanese. So the other characters, uh, the dog is Kopi and this is Matcha. So it's uh, me, Eva, Kopi and Matcha. So it's about cultural differences between these uh, countries, Singapore uh, and Japan. Um, There's a lot of cultural differences between the countries that are quite interesting. And yeah, so I picked them up when I was overseas and then I conveyed in the comic strips. Mm. So when people, you know, visit, for example, if they come to Singapore, they know that we um, use tissue paper to chop the seeds. Oh yeah, in the hawker centres, right? Put down a yeah, yeah. tissues, yeah. Eva showed me an example of one of her comics via Skype. On one side, characters being given packets of tissue for free in Japan, a common thing to happen walking down a Japanese street. On the other side, a table in a food court with a lone packet of tissues on it, reserving the table for their owner, who was no doubt picking which stall to buy dinner from, and the words represent humans in big, bold letters underneath, showing how in both cultures, something as simple as a packet of tissues holds different meaning and value, as reflected in the title at the top of the page, same tissue, different status. Curious to learn more about the language in her work, I asked Eva if she uses Singlish in her comics. With English, the advantage mm. of that is that the majority of people in Singapore and beyond, of course, but, you know, sort of focused on Singapore for now, the majority mm. of people in Singapore, regardless of what their first language might be, can speak English, right? So it's a, sort of more people can access. And do you kind of, does Singlish come into that at all, into the English that you use in the comics? I'm sorry, it doesn't. <laughs> 
I don't use I don't use English in my comics. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, um, because cool. um, it may sound a bit like Singlish because it's not proper English. Mm. I probably phrase it properly, or you know, maybe some grammar or arrangement of words. Because Chinese, the way we talk in Chinese is different from English. Sometimes yeah. the 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 noun and the verb is is. Is not in the correct order. It's not in the same order, so I probably sounded as if um, it's it's not. It doesn't sound like proper English. <laughs> so perhaps maybe, Singaporean yeah, English would be more yeah, yeah, accurate. Yeah, Singaporean English. Like my professor once told me that oh, you know, Eva, you should not use that much Singaporean English in your comics. It's from the US. So. <gasps> He's like kind of particular, and I was like, "What?" But it sounds okay to me. But you know, to him, he's sensitive in picking up the difference. Yeah. Mm. So somehow he could tell like it's not like native. <laughs> I guess yeah. different flavor to it. Yeah. See, that's interesting because I would yeah. say that that's totally okay like when I see something that's you know like maybe like um, Sean Paul for example sings in sometimes with a sort of Jamaican patois twang to some of his lyrics that's fine because it's that's his style of English just like your comics would be like your style of English right and I wonder what what would you say to people if you know if someone said oh you know Singaporean English, it, it doesn't matter. It's, it's just a variety. It's just a dialect. It's not real English. What would you say to that? Big question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, it's not real English, but um, it's it's our English. <laughs> okay. So you would agree? Yeah, you would say? Officially, you know, like we don't use it in our official documents, and you know, when you write theses, you know, you don't use that. But we just use it mostly um, colloquial, just conversational, yeah, mm -hmm. and maybe some casual text. Okay, and who uses it? Everyone. Everyone. Okay, so literally everyone. It doesn't matter if you're of sort of Chinese um, heritage, Indian heritage, Malay heritage, or Eurasian heritage, or you know anything else. If you live in Singapore and you're talking to a friend, you're more likely to use Singaporean English, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's not real English, but it's our English. With that in mind, I wanted to know if Eva was changing her English to speak to me. I think first of all, I would try to speak more clearly, <laughs> you know. Um, but I don't, I don't really talk like this usually to my friends. <laughs> and there's also Malaysian English. I'm not sure if you already experienced that. Yeah, um, a little bit. Accent to it. Yeah. So um, if I wanted to talk to you in Singlish, um, it would be more muffled. But we tend not to pronounce everything so clearly. And that's so for in, example, hang on, that's in Singlish, right? Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, not really Singlish, but like Singaporean style of English. <laughs> it's so complicated, <laughs> isn't it? It's like, like it's grammatically correct, it could, yeah. but it's just without la, without mixing like Chinese or Malay. Yeah, that kind. 
Okay. So, for example, like that, we like to say like that. Okay. So more a kind of pronunciation、lazy. differences, perhaps. Yeah, it's like a lazy tongue <laughs> thing. <laughs> I think my teacher said, "Yeah, it's like lazy tongue." You know, it's like that, but we just say like that. Like that. Okay. Another awesome creative thing happening across the city this time, definitely inspired by Singlish, is Say What, a company run by Lillian Lee that makes games, stickers, patches, and other products, each with a little tinge of Singaporean nostalgia, home comfort, or Singlish at the heart of them. To begin, she showed me how to play her card game, available in Japanese, Hokkien, Cantonese, Malay, and Singlish. We played Singlish. Which led to an explanation on possibly the most famous English word, la. So what happened is like you take each card and you need to see up the particular、uh, word of it. Okay, so I just say the word. Yeah, the, and then do I say the sentence? Ah,、uh, no, no. Unless they don't understand, then you、right. give an example of a sentence or act it out. Yeah. Okay, so Caillou. Caillou. Caillou means it's like a wood, you know, literally. But you're saying like someone like stupid, they can't do much stuff. Like, oh, the referee is Caillou. The referee is like, you know. Okay. Much, yeah. <laughs> and then add a la on the end. Yeah, normally la. Good measure. <laughs> yes, yes. And what happened is like there's a difference between la, le, lor, war, ha. You know all those、right. kind of things. So it depends on the structure of the sentence. Someone was telling me about this yesterday. How I just always assumed like from like my sort of very surface level view yeah, of, yeah. of English and like the,、yeah. all the merchandise. You know, you yeah. Like, and you just oh that's what it is yes yes not at all、so、there's so many different yes and meanings and to like you know to say to to、uh, affirmation to affirm a certain sentence depends on which one you see like、um, if you want to tell people like you know、uh, this place is very good this place is very good huh you know and to waiting for the person like you know to answer yes it's very good <laughs> if you、yeah. want them to answer no is there a、uh, no lah you know、ah, yeah just、okay. the person who will say that you know、okay. yeah. Okay. Cool. Thank you. Yes, yes, yes. And and yeah, that one is normally used a lot during、um, football matches or like you know World Cup. You can hear people、uh, swearing it on their、uh, TV or in their living room or anywhere. Yeah. Okay. So if England lose the next match,、mm. I can say this. I can say that referee, Kaiyula. Yeah, means the referee is very bad. You know, he doesn't know how to like you know judge it and everything.、Yeah. And there's no、so、there's no、uh, verb in between. No, that referee is. It's just. Yeah, it's just. It's just very direct, you know. Yeah. Stuff. Yeah. Sorry. Okay. Okay. Next one says lobang. Yeah, lobang is like you know. Do you have like you know? Uh, either like uh, direct ref. Uh, translation is whole lobang is whole. Okay. Uh, came from Malay word called lobang. So what it says like uh, if you want to ask Or like you know, hey, I heard that recently you you like you know joined into this club, prestigious club. You do you have any lobang? Like you know, <laughs> yeah,、okay. yeah. Cool, like good、cool. things are like oh, like I heard that you bought a diamond from this factory at a very discounted price. Do you have any lobang? You know, right? Yeah. So okay, so this is、yeah. and I guess like by using that word as well, it's almost like a wink of like I、yes. know you. I'm from here. Yes, yes. I know the lingo. Yes, yes, yes. Lillian's family are of Chinese origin. But linguistically, that isn't a simple thing in Singapore. Mandarin Chinese is the public-facing language representing the broad Chinese ethnic group in the country. But Mandarin Chinese is kind of a lie, with so many different varieties of Chinese being spoken.
Hokkien, Cantonese, Hakka, Chu Chu, Hainanese, to name just the widest spoken language varieties among the Chinese communities of Singapore. But, as a new nation, keen to unify its diverse population, dialects and varieties of language just didn't fit into the grand plan. Of course, here, I think like a lot of people, they, uh, in the 60s and 70s, they tried to ban uh, dialects. Right, we so, heard about this yesterday. Yeah, so a lot of people started to speak um, like Mandarin because that is what is being taught in school and families trying to speak to each other in uh, Mandarin and also English. But the problem with English is like I realized if you come from a family who speak um, who, who spoke um, like you know um, English for a long time or to their kids, it's okay. But a lot of them speaking Singlish to the kids and the English is not that good, you know. Right. Yeah. So so it's like you, you grew up in a thing. It's like we ask people like, hey, what kind of dialects do you speak at home? You know. Oh, I don't speak any dialects. I, I spoke to my parents in English, but your English is atrocious. You see, you can't speak that well. It's like is that English or Singlish? You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So they, they thought that, oh, I grew up with English, I, I, I can you know, speak to Awanisla, okay, hall. that is English, that's not English at all, you know, <laughs> According to official statistics, the use of English in the home is consistently on the rise, with 36.9% of households reporting they speak English in 2015. Although, as Lillian claims, this may well be English infused with heritage languages. This infused English has led to the controversial rise of the Speak Good English movement in Singapore, an organisation dedicated, in their own words, to encourage Singaporeans to speak and write in standard English and help those who habitually use fractured, ungrammatical English to use grammatical English. It is important to understand the differences in standard English, broken English and Singlish, the Speak Good English movement recognises the existence of Singlish as a cultural marker for many Singaporeans. We aim to help those who speak only Singlish and think that Singlish is English to speak standard English. To achieve all of this, we wish to create an environment of good English in Singapore. Who gets to decide what counts as good English? Well, again, in their own words, a steering committee comprising key academics and professionals in Singapore, as well as a secretariat. So that's who gets to decide, I guess. I should note here that there is also a Speak Mandarin campaign and a Tamil Language Council and Malay Language Council present in the country as well. But although the Speak Good English movement was only launched in the year 2000, the prestige of English is something that has long reigned in Singapore something Lillian refers to as Cambridge English. So, so you speak English, mm. obviously. Um, they call it the Cambridge English because like all my uncle and everyone, they studied in the, during the Cambridge English, where everyone needs to speak perfectly. And they have writing exercises, you remember in the olden days, how to write cursives? Yeah, they, they do have that. And they were reading like um, Greek mythology, um, um, literature, Math and everything based on the Cambridge uh, education system. Yeah. Then later on, it all changes. You know, a lot of things like in Malaysia, it's more of a Malay was the main language it become. Yeah, everything and yeah. So Singapore is just like a lot of things based on English and also Mandarin. In this episode, we've touched on English, Singlish, culture, and language learning, primarily from a Chinese Singaporean perspective, and we'll be revisiting Singapore later in this series too. But there's also two other official languages that we didn't get the chance to delve into in this episode, Tamil and Malay. 
Singapore is so complex and fascinating linguistically, and if you or someone you know could help to shed some light on Tamil and Malay in Singapore, please do get in touch, as for a tiny island, Singapore sure has a lot to say for itself when we're talking language. You've been listening to Language Stories, a podcast by Lindsay Does Languages. If you like what we do and you like video, then head on over to our YouTube channel where you can watch the sister video to this podcast episode. Just search Lindsay Does Languages on YouTube and on our channel, you'll see the playlist for Language Stories. Special thanks for this episode go to everyone involved with the language meetup, especially Cheng who connected us and Junwei who let us come along. Thank you. Zinki Orr, creator of What the Singlish, you can find out more at singlishmamashop.wordpress.com. Lillian Lee, creator of Say What, be sure to learn more at saywhatwithfriends.com. Eva Neo, behind Eva Comics, and you can follow her work at evacomics.com. And of course, to our sponsor for the series, Lingora, a place to share your spoken and written language practice and get feedback completely free. Whoop! Visit elingora.com to sign up for free today. And be sure to leave a review if you enjoyed this episode, as that helps new listeners find the podcast easier. You write the review and leave the rest to the tech robots. Finally, if you have a language story that you'd love to share, or you know someone that does, get in touch. You can email me at lindsay, that's L-I-N-D-S-A-Y, at doeslanguages.com. That's lindsay at doeslanguages.com. I always love to hear from you. As always, you can follow me in all the usual places, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and all that jazz, and learn more at lindsaydoeslanguages.com. Until next time, keep learning languages and keep sharing stories. Bye. Sai chen. Pidi ya vital. Selamat tinggal.